You're listening to Pain to Power Podcast, a series of inspirational stories from world-class leaders and high achievers, where you will hear all about past traumas, hardships, and getting through the pain, fighting against all odds, dominating goals and dreams, and now impacting lives. I am your host, Kayla Cardona. This is the podcast that will have you realize your own vision of success, regardless of your circumstances, to unlock your potential. Welcome to Pain to Power. Let's go. Hi, Monica. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm so excited to have you on. Oh my gosh. I know it took us a little bit because we got our kids and all the craziness going on right now. I know. know. So Oh man. I love (laughs) I love your background too. Oh my Thank gosh. You. I love to wake up to that every morning. Ah, so cool. It's nice, except when you have to do it over and over and you can't leave the house like right now. So it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's nice, but I, I need some sun. <laughs> yeah. And having two kids in a high rise, holy yeah. cow. I mean, I bet you're just going crazy and the yeah. kids are going crazy. I'm sure because you have two little boys, right? Yeah. Yeah. They are. They've actually been better than I expected. Um, they've been, they've, they've been really good. I can't, I can't complain. They've been so good. Um, I've realized they're homebodies like me. So, (laughs) oh, that's good at least, but they do need, um, they do need some sun. So I, it's, it sucks. How how's the view? Because you're right over looking over Staples Center, so I'm sure it's crazy, eerie yeah. quiet. I'm sure. Hold on, I have to zoom. Really, in. really quiet. You know what's crazy is we went from like um from can you see? We yeah, went, I can see. We went from like craziness in February after Kobe passed away. So like we literally saw everything, went through everything, like chanting at night especially for my son's my kids room like I would um fall asleep with them some nights and like you could hear people in the middle of the night like sobbing and just crying or just screaming out like Kobe and it was it was really hard to get through it because you know you look at the the window and it's like everybody is going through it. So like we went from that to now being quarantined and there's not a single soul outside. It's freaking like bananas. It's, it's, it's like, in like, I would have never imagined this happening. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Downtown LA quiet. That's crazy, crazy. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine how New York is looking or sounding like, like that's crazy. I know. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, we can start with kind of, uh, for the listeners or viewers that are watching or listening. Um, if, if you go ahead and explain kind of just where you're from and where you grew up and kind of like, you know, who you are. Yeah, a little bit about me. Um, sure. So I'm Monica Singer. I actually just got married last year. So previously Monica Mercado, but, um, I live in LA now, but I'm from San Bernardino. So, um, I was born and raised in San Bernardino up until I was like 20. Like 22, I think I moved to West Covina and then like 23, I moved to LA. So I always got like a little bit closer and closer to LA. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, 
I lived um, in San Bernardino in a little house with my family, my parents, um, my mom and dad, and I have an older brother and a younger sister. And, you know, we lived a pretty regular life. Um, I went to high school out there and then around, um, uh, my parents divorced when I was a senior in high school. So, um, up until then, like I, like my parents have always like worked for other, um, companies or other businesses. Like they've always been workers and I was always, um, the golden child because I was like the smarty pants. And I, so like a lot of attention was on me from my family. I would say like, I got the most attention, um, just because they knew like, oh, she's, you know, the smart one. I always got good grades. I was always like the good child. Um, my brother was, um, older, but like, I guess, cause he's a boy, they're just more lenient with the boys. Um, and he was into sports. So it, like they didn't, not that they didn't like pay attention to him, but he was just like the sports guy. And then I was like the brains, the, the, you know, the brainy daughter. And then my little sister, she was just little. So she was just little. <laughs> yeah, she was just young. That was funny. Um, so you know, all eyes were always on me, and it was, um, it was, it was, it was interesting because a lot of things um, I was exposed to a lot in high school from my professors or from my teachers, from just um, people like saying like, "Hey, you know what? Like, I, I took IB classes. I took AP classes. I." Um, so like, you know, when you take AP classes and you take the test, that means like you've already taken the test. You don't have to take that course in college. So I was already out of high school. I was already like classes in to, to college. Um, and, um, and my parents, you know, everybody was like, so what are you going to do? Like, you're so far ahead and you, you know, you could graduate two years early if you really wanted to. Cause I was always just taking extra courses and just like my senior and senior year in high school, I had like one class. Um, and it was just because I still wanted to keep going to school, not because I had to. Um, I got accepted to college, actually my out of sophomore year, um, I got invited to like start college it, my junior year to kind of do I forget what it's called but it's like where you can do college and high school finished high school at the same time mm -hmm. um but I actually it's weird I actually shut that down because I was like you know what I still want to go to because eventually like your senior year you wouldn't have your senior year so I was like no like I still want to go to prom and I still want to mm -hmm. graduate with my friends and so like for me I was just like no I, I don't want to do that but I did have like dreams and aspirations to like become a doctor or like an, an anesthesiologist was always like on my mind. I was like, you know, maybe I want to do that. Um, and you know, what's crazy is my family was always like, you know, right out of high school, you need to get a job. Like you need to start working and you're not, if you go to med school, like it's going to take you eight years or however long you're not going to be able to work and how are you going to pay bills and how are you going to buy a house and how are you going to do this? So um, that's my, a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, and then, and then the other thing was that like, my parents were never like, Hey, I'm going to help you with college. It was like, you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to pay for it. So I get, they're pushing you to do yeah. it and saying, you're basically knowing that you're going to be in debt, but you got to pay for it. Yeah. Even they're pushing you to do it. 
Yeah, but I do, but I did, you know, I, I did get scholarships. I did get grants. I did, um, you know, get financial aid. So for me, it was like, you know what, I can do it. Like I, I, I can go to a university somewhere far away and I, I can, um, I can handle it. Um, cause I am getting a lot of aid and, and help. Um, and, and basically like my first year I had already figured out a way where it was all paid. So I was like, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can, I can, you know, I can leave. And that was my biggest thing is like, I, parents were strict. They were really strict growing up. So I couldn't go to like friends' houses. I couldn't um, like stay out late. I had like, I got like, so they thought I had like three jobs, but I only had one, but I was just like, oh, I'm working till like midnight every night, which mm. I really want them. But it was just for, so that I could have like, you know, be able to go out and say that I was actually working but it like they were just so strict like I couldn't do anything if it wasn't for work or sports or school well um, why were they so strict because weren't you doing good in school and yeah, it sounds like you liked school. I was I think they were just scared of like they were always like oh like something bad can happen to you I don't know like they yeah. were, it, it, they were the traditional like Mexican family or Hispanic family where like mm -hmm. you just you're just not allowed. You're a girl. You can't, you know, you can't brother, do anything. Your brother can do whatever he wants, but you can't. Um, so if it had to do with like school, they were okay with it. And also because there was a language barrier, because they only spoke Spanish, um, I was able to get away with a lot because they, they didn't know. Like mm. I, <laughs> I used to have a friend that used to pose as like, um, I, my friend's mom, like she knew how strict my parents were, but like, she was super cool and she knew I was like a good kid. So like, she would always like bail me out or even like my other friends, like she would be like, Oh, you know, they have to work on a project or I'm going to pick them up or whatever. And she would just like take us to the mall, like let us just be kids. Yeah. Um, and nothing bad ever happened. I'm sure like it would be on our consciences. Something bad ever did happen to us, but yeah. she, she took care of us. Um, so it was just that traditional like, like Hispanic family where like, they just always want eyes on their girls and, and they just, they're super strict. Um, didn't want me. I, I ended up applying for like, um, universities outside of our city and I got accepted and, um, they just completely shut it down. They were just like, no, you're not leaving. You're not going anywhere. Um, you're, you're staying here. And it was, and it, and I, you know, I had, I like got, um, invited to go to like visit a med school out in, uh, Washington and, and they, while I was in high school, my junior year in high school and, um, my parents were like, no, you're not going. And I'm like, dad, like, it's just like, it's just a few days. It's just to look at the campus. Like, come on. And he was like, no, something can ha happen to you. Somebody can rape you like mm. this and that. And I'm just like, dad, this is like, you know, what if I want to be a doctor? And like, it was school that the school was like, they were the ones that got me even thinking bigger, like thinking like, like, oh shoot, I can become a doctor one day, you know, like with these grades and with your passion and science and they're like, you, you can totally like, you can totally make it. And that got me excited. Cause I was like, oh wow. Like I can actually do this. Um, but then my parents were like quick to like, shut it down. Like you're not doing that. No way. Even like my June, I don't know if it was my junior year or senior year in high school, I got invited to study abroad in Spain. I was in, um, I was in a native speakers class and my 
teacher, he was um, from Spain and he always did like a, um, a trip every summer for all his students and they would go to Spain for three weeks and they would study Spanish abroad um, in Spain and they would um, like it was expensive at the time, but they would fundraise like the whole year. So like the students are paying for candy. I mean, are buying candy, selling candy, selling like whatever it is that they can sell to like pay for their trip to Spain and go to school out there. And I was like, man, this will look so amazing on my, um, you know, my portfolio and my resume at like, I wanted to go to like, who wouldn't want to go to Spain, you know, for three weeks mm -hmm. and study like a different language in, in this country. And, um, and nope, my parents shut it down to, they're like, how are you going to go with a male professor? And I'm like, <gasps> no, that like, bad. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even, they didn't see like, they didn't see how it would help or benefit me. It was like, right. like, you're just going to go, you're just going to party. You're just going to drink. I'm like, no, like I'm still underage. And if anything, like, it's a good thing that my professor's going like, come on, he's taking our entire class. And nope, it was like, they would shoot everything down. Like all my, mm. like my poor little heart was like stomped on so many times. So, um, finally I was like, you know what you guys, I am, I'm in, um, it's my senior year. I've been working, I've been saving money and me and my friends want to go on a senior trip. We're going to book a trip and we're going to get out of here. And, um, I was still 17 though. So I was like, I need you guys to sign like a paper. Oh, and I heard, yeah, and right. Good luck. And, well, okay. So I had started dating somebody at the time and they weren't okay with it because he was older. He was like three years older. And, um, and just because they did, so they were like, is he going to go on the trip? And I said, no, he's not going on the trip. I don't want him to go on the trip. I'm going to go with my girlfriends and like two of their boyfriends. And, um, they were like, okay, you can go as long as your boyfriend's not going. And I was like, okay, fine. Like he wasn't going anyways. So yeah. they were, I don't know. I think their biggest thing was like me hooking up with guys or something. They were just like, like, I, we don't want her like having sex yet or she's too young or whatever. So, yeah. um, so then I ended up leaving. I went on my, um, senior trip after, after high school and, um, I came back and when I came home, my, my boyfriend at the time, he picked me up from the airport and, um, we, we went to my house and like, I get, I get home and my house is empty girl. It's like, there's no furniture. There's, like, I'm like, what the heck is going on? Your parents' house? Yeah. Like my okay. house, my house. Like I, I leave for a week and I, I left to Mexico. I went to Puerto Vallarta with my friends, like celebrating, you know, we, we finished high school <clears throat> and we were young. I mean, I was 17. Um, and then I get home and, um, I'm and mind you, I'm super sunburned, like super, super, super sunburned. And so like when my um, boyfriend picks me up, I'm wearing like little, little, like mini, mini, like a mini skirt, but I have a bathing suit under cause anything I ended up falling asleep at the pool. So like anything that touched me was like burning me. Yeah. And, um, so I had like a little small tank top with like, like, um, with my bathing suit under and I knew like going home like this, my dad was going to trip. 
but I was like, dude, I'm, I'm so sunburned. Like I should have gone to the hospital. Like it was that bad. Um, and so anyways, I get home. My boyfriend had picked me up at the time. He picked me up, um, from the airport and, um, we get to my house and my house is empty. Like the furniture's all gone. My, and my dad, um, has like a bottle in his hand. He's been drinking and my mom's like, okay, so we're going to tell her. And I'm just like, tell her what, 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 what's going on? Like, what the heck? And so then, um, they were like, you know, we're getting divorced. We didn't want to tell you until you graduated. And so I was just like, okay. Um, you, you, like, I'm sure they knew it was going to be hard on me. We had already been going through stuff. Um, but I was just like, okay, well, it's probably better this way. And then like, my dad was so drunk. Um, and he like looked at me and he was like, what are you wearing? You look like a slut. Like in Spanish though, he was just like, like, what are you wearing? You look like a slut. Like you, you look like you've been having sex, blah, blah, blah. Like just, uh. and I'm like, and mind you, my dad was like, he was the nice one. Like he's never hit me. He's never like been mean to me. Like I was daddy's girl. I was like the favorite. So like this coming from him was like really weird. Um, and then he was like, just saying all kinds of mean stuff. And, um, and then I like said, fuck you to him. I said, you know what, dad, fuck you. And I'd never like talked to him like that. And yeah. he, he had a bottle, bottle in his hand and he threw the bottle at me and it hit, we had mirrors like in the back wall and it hit the mirror and it broke. And I was, I got so mad. I ran and I like jumped on my dad and I started punching him. <gasps> I started punching my dad and then um, they still had their bed. I remember he had gotten up and he went, walked over to his bed. And when he, he started yelling at me from his bed and I ran and I jumped on his bed and I started hitting him. And I remember it was my boyfriend at the time. My mom might've been my brother also, like all three of them were trying to pull me off of him. And like, they could not pull me off of him. I was just, I was so mad. I was, you just, forgot about your sunburn altogether. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't feel I was, nothing. <laughs> I was hitting him and, um, he was really, really intoxicated. I didn't kn know too much of like why they were getting divorced or what was going on, but I had already known like this was coming. And, um, after that, I, I didn't see my dad for four years. Mm. I didn't talk to him. We actually, I'm lying. He, he tried to apologize and he tried to um, make things work. And I told him, I was like, look, I told both of my parents, I said, look, you guys are going through a divorce, big deal. People go through divorces all the time. If you guys aren't happy, like it's better off that way, but don't make me choose. Don't get me involved. I don't want to know why, like you're still my dad. You're still my mom. So just leave it alone. Like I'll still see the both of you. You guys just don't talk about each other. Please don't make me choose sides and we'll be fine. And, um, my mom, like, she was like, okay, that's fine. Never talked about my dad, never like mentioned anything. Like I was there to support her emotionally and, um, she was totally okay with it. And then with my dad, it took, like, he always was just wanting to bash my mom, like always just talking mm. at her, always just like wanting me to like take his side. And I'm like, dad, stop, dad, stop, dad, stop. And then finally, like... 
I was just like, no, like, I don't want to talk to you. So we went like months without talking. And then he called me and he was like, you know what? I'm sorry. Can we go to therapy? And I was like, yeah, if anything, like you probably need therapy more than I do. Um, so he's like, okay, let's go to therapy together. And then like, we can, you know, move on. And I was fine with that because I think therapy is great. So we, um, we went to therapy together and I told him on the way there, I said, dad, don't, I don't want to talk about mom. Like if this is going to be therapy for me and you, that's fine. But please just don't like, don't bash her. Don't talk about her. And he was like, okay, I won't. So I was happy. I was like, okay, we're going to like move on. And sure enough, we get to therapy. And first thing is like, oh, but your mom did this, this, and that, or your mom like is doing this. And I just got up and I said, I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm out. I'm done. It sounded so, like he needed therapy first before yeah, moving into, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, um, I, after that, I didn't see him. I didn't see him or talk to him for four years. I didn't answer. And you know what? Not that I didn't answer any calls. Like he didn't try calling me. It was, we just, it was like, that was it. I didn't, um, I went from like him being my dad and seeing him every day to like not seeing him at all not having, not knowing anything, not knowing anything. And, and like, aside from that, like I, um, I also completely cut out like his family, even though they weren't, um, it wasn't any of their fault, but I just, I, I guess I'm that type of person where like, if I need to get over somebody, it's just like, I'm done with with everyone that's involved in your life as well, you know? So just so that I can personally get over it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like all of my cousins, like my first cousins, my uncles, my aunts, um, that were all on his side of the family. Like I stopped talking to, cause they kept reaching out to me and they were like, Miha, you have to talk to your dad and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, you guys don't understand. Like even up to that point where they actually did divorce, like we went through so much that I was just like, you guys don't get it. Like he's a totally different person. Like, and they were always trying to like make us like be cool again. But I, I just had to cut them out too. Cause I was like, you guys are not helping me grow, um, or help, helping me get over this. So it was like me and my mom, um, but then even my mom at the time, like was still trying to be strict with me. And I'm like, honey, I'm here trying to help you. Like you need my help more than I need yours right now. You're going through a divorce. Um, I can get it together. And that's when I couldn't deal with my mom anymore. Cause she was still trying to control me. So then my boyfriend at the time, he was like, Hey, you just, you want to move out? Like, I know you're going through a lot. You just want to move out. And I said, heck yeah, let's go. And so we moved out together and, um, and quickly, like we got on our feet really fast. Um, we ended up purchasing a house together. Um, I forgot about, I, I kept going to school, but it was locally. Um, and I did, I went to school for nursing. So I did do nursing school. Um, so once me and he and I got together, I, um, I'm, I've always been like a pleaser. I've always been like, um, I want people to like me. I want to, you know, be liked or be like, likable. And, and I like, I've always been like really up until now, I've always been really, really like nice, extra nice. Like I'll do anything for people. I'll bend over backwards. I'll give people the shirt off my back. Um, and I learned over the years that that's not always a good thing. Um, but I, um, 
I ended up, so we ended up moving out and we, I started helping him with his business. Um, cause I was like, you know, at that point I was like, this is it. We're going to be together forever. So mm -hmm. like, we got to figure out, we got to, you know, start an empire ourselves. And he was very entrepreneurial as well. So, um, we focused on his business and I was out there doing all of his marketing. I was, um, you know, helping him get business and it was great. I, I helped him. Um, I had really good credit. So I helped him with a bunch of equipment for his business, like, you know, purchasing it with loans and all that. So we blew up his business and in return, um, I didn't have to work because I was going to school. Um, so was it was before or after, wait, how old were you? Cause I think I was mm, like 18. You like, were 18 building yeah. a business, just yeah. bought a house. Yeah. So I bought wow. that. We bought the house at 19. I was 19 when we bought the house. So I okay. moved out, moved out at 17. That's when he was like, Hey, you want to move out? I was going through all that crap with, um, my family. And then, um, you know, I, I ended up going to nursing school. I didn't do like the, the medical thing that I wanted to, um, which, which now like I, I hold a lot of resentment towards my family and I tell them now, like now I look at my kids and I tell my kids, like, you can do anything you can like, uh, my kids will be like, you know, I'll say like, Hey, what do you want to do? Or what do you want to be when you grow up? And, mm -hmm. and you know, they'll say like, Oh, I want to be a cop or I want to be a firefighter or like, I want to, um, play video games. And I'm just like, you know, that you can like, you can, own like a you know you can design your own video games like you can own a business like you can do whatever you want like i want them to be like business owners or or at least have that option to know like you guys can do anything you guys can right. do it all and just open their you know brains and um and then they'll be and they're little still but i don't want them to just think like they can only be like this traditional like thing like they can just have a, a, a job or, or, um, only go to college and yeah, you know, like I just, I, I really want to push college, but I also want them to know, like, you guys can do anything. You guys yeah. can make money off of whatever it is that you want to make money off of. So I do hold a lot of resentment, um, towards my parents because they weren't, they didn't push me to want to like pursue further. I had, I had like everything I needed for it. I had the brains for it. I had, um, and you don't even need to be smart. You just have to like have, you know, the, the want to do it. Um, mm -hmm. anything like you put your mind to, I feel like, um, you don't have to be as straight as student. You can be a straight C student, but as long as you have, like, as long as you want it, like you can do it, you can achieve it. So, um, I always had that and I just wish that they would have pushed me a little bit more because I know, I know I would have done something else with my life, but at the same time, it's like, I was meant to go through that to be where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. Um, because I might not have wanted to be so entrepreneurial had it not been for that, you know, maybe if yeah. they did push me to like, okay, yeah, be a doctor. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I would have hated it or I, you just never know. Like everything you have to be grateful for, for everything, for the process. Um, especially if you're in a good place today. Um, like we all, we all go through it. Um, kind of like 
you know, Tony Robbins, like how he was a janitor growing up and then look who he is today. Mm -hmm. And his mom used to beat him and used to uh, wash his mouth with soap and stuff. And now he's like, he's like, I love my mom. Yeah. She used to smack me in the face all the time, but had it not, had I not gone through all of that, I wouldn't want this so bad. Um, and I imagine Tony Robbins as a janitor, just like in the hallway, cleaning up the floors. He's like, how tall? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, you get the ceilings too. I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, I know. So funny. Yeah. So it's just, you know, um, now I, when my kids were first born, I had a lot of resentment towards my parents, but now I'm just like, um, and I feel like it hit me when my kids were born. I feel like a lot of like the, the stuff that I went through as a kid, which wasn't like bad stuff, but it was just like these things that I wanted to achieve. I feel like it all hit me once I had kids, like where where I was like, dude, I would do anything for my kids. I would Mm. do like absolutely anything. Why didn't my parents treat me like that? Like, why didn't they push me? And on top of that, I didn't have a relationship with my mom really. Um, I felt like she was always like jealous of my dad and my relationship. Oh. So I never had that like motherly support from my mom. Like I, like mm. my mom never kissed me. My mom never hugged me till this day. My mom never like said, I love you to me. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, how, how could you not like when my kids were born? Like I remember having so much resentment towards my mom. Cause I was like, how can you not hug your kids? Like, how yeah. do I not have one memory of me hugging my mom? Like, how is that even possible? How, how, like, I love my kids so much. I hug them a thousand times a day. I tell them I love them a million times a day. And I'm like, is it because I didn't have it, you know? Mm -hmm. Or is it, I love them so much that it's like, I want you guys to know how much I love you and never ever want or need um, affection from somebody. Yeah. Um, Cause you're always going to have it from your mom. And, and that was something that I did hold on a lot of grudge and, and a lot of resentment towards my mom. And uh, my husband kind of was the same way. It's funny. Cause his mom, his mom always tells me, she's like, you know, cause they, the grandparents love my kids. So my mom, mm-hmm. like, she's amazing with my kids. She hugs them. She loves them. Um, she's total opposite from when I was younger. And so are my husband's uh, parents. Cause he was like, dude, I used to get smacked all the time. Like, like they don't even kiss on the cheek. I I'm the type of person that like kisses on the cheek and they get all weird. They're like, like, you know, <laughs> okay. like a high is okay. So, but they are really affectionate with my kids. And his mom always says, she's like, you know, he's, he's trying to make things right for him. Like the, um, his, my husband's mom talks about her husband, which is my husband's dad. Um, how like, his dad my husband's dad is trying to make things right within himself by loving on his grandchildren because he never did it to his own kids yeah um and I think that's really common because you and I kind of have uh, that similarity as far as growing up in a traditional Hispanic household and same same thing I didn't get that love and affection and you know for other reasons it wasn't that because my dad didn't want to Um, I mean, I don't know. He told me one reason or whatever, but, um, I think, I don't know there, it could be a a deeper underlining reason why he didn't want to, but when you don't grow up with that and you look at your kids and now the, the feeling and thought that looking towards your parents as to how could you not, 
And so, you know, when you have your own kids and you look at your own kids, it's so different, you know, and you think like, you know, I look at my son today and I'm just like, God, I would literally do anything. And I would give my life for him. He's my life. But the thing is, is that, and this is something I was struggling with too. And I'm really glad you brought it up because I'm sure this is like a struggle for a lot of people. The thing is that like your parents did what they could based on all that they knew. Yeah. You know? And so when, when I learned that and I heard that, I realized that, holy shit, it changed my perspective on everything. And I was able to really, truly forgive my parents for the, you know, everything that they did when I grew up. And it's just like, you know, um, uh, not, I'm going to, not to get into like, you know, super details, but I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, um, I reconnected with my stepmom and we had the talk, the talk of, you know, my, my past, I think, you know, a little bit about my story, but my past, like, you know, I forgave her, but I always had that lingering question as to like, why, why, you know, did that all happen and go down? And she basically said it herself. She was like, I did the best that I could with what I knew at the time where I thought I was protecting you, you know, being super strict, like how your parents are super strict on you, not allowing you to go out or, you know, I'm surprised they even allowed you to even have a boyfriend. I couldn't even speak about boys, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. um, you know, the more strict they were on you was because that was their way of thinking that that was their way of protecting you and yeah. protecting you is loving you. And so for all the listeners listening to this, know, like have that, you know, that can relate to this with strict parents and yeah. what they did or said you know, it's because it's all that they knew and they thought that was their way of protecting you and loving you. When now you and me, Monica, uh, you know, it's now a different kind of world and we're in this, you know, new generation, new way of thinking. And it's just, it's, it's not, they're fixed minded, right? We're growth minded. And so when we see our kids being growth minded, we don't think like that. And that gives us every reason to be like, why, why did you, but it's because they were fixed. They were stuck in their ways of thinking. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah, that's true. I'm still having a hard time. Um, I still haven't gotten to that point where I forgive. (laughs) No, and that's okay. I'm still, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my mom. She's the one that she watches my kids now. Like when I work, she's the one that takes care of my kids and nobody else watches my kids. Not even my husband's parents. Um, like my husband doesn't feel comfortable with anybody else other than my mom. And that, that alone should give me enough reason to, which, which is really why I am able to move on from the past. Um, because she is so great to my kids, but, um, I, I don't know. I haven't been able to let go of the past and, and it haunts me. It mm. haunts me because I, I get, I don't know. I still get like angry. I still get, I still hold like resentment. I don't say anything, but like, yeah. I can't help 
these emotions that pop up, you know, from time to time. And also like, so we're both in real estate and it wasn't until I got into real estate and started working on my mind and started working on my personal growth that all these emotions came flooding in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense what you're saying that they were fixed in this you know, life and this mentality, because had I grown up the way they grew up or had I been a worker at a factory the way they were, um, I would have never been exposed to personal growth, to all these, you know, mental exercises, to these amazing books, to these podcasts that we can listen to and grow from and learn from today. And now that I am exposed to that, I'm having all these emotions where I'm like, like, crap, holy crap, you did this to me. Like, you know, (laughs) yeah, you know, I feel, I I feel you. Um, uh, Really quick, I want you to write this down. And for all the listeners listening, I want you to write this down too. So get this book. I haven't read it yet, but I got it today. Uh, it is called, where'd it go? So is, okay. So it's called Untamed by Glennon, G-L-E-N-N-O-N. Last name is Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E. And so um, I don't know if you saw my last post. It was a quote on my Instagram that I, that I quoted from her. That's the author. And I'm going to read it for the listeners that don't know. The quote says, being human is not about feeling happy. It's about feeling everything. Pain is not tragic. It's magic. Suffering is tragic. If you are in deep pain or angry or yearning or confused, you don't have a problem. You have a life. And so I heard this interview with her and one of my favorite authors and human beings, Marie Forleo, and she was talking about how us women are so taught and tamed and raised to think we need to be quiet and pretty and cute mm-hmm. and you know and so like you know better seen than heard right right and so uh and so she was talking about how like uh, a client came up to her and was like you know i'm really angry and the way that she said it, it was like, but you're allowed to be angry, be angry and show the world that you're angry. You have every right to be angry and you shouldn't feel bad about it. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. And so I say this with so much passion because this is something too, that I've learned about myself. Like all these like negative emotions and, and feelings. I'm just like, I shouldn't feel this way, but it's like, no, you fucking do. You have every right to honor your feelings. So yeah. don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. And so I haven't read that book yet, but what, what she was talking about was based on her book. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to probably do a freaking book review on it. Cause I already know it's going to be amazing. But yeah. us women are, are just how we're we're raised to be. And so for you to feel that way, girl, be mad, be angry. Because the thing is, is that in order to heal, and this is why a lot of people don't get over things or they hold on to resentment or they're not able to heal is because the process of healing is to face it, right? Mm -hmm. No one, like 
you just said it right now. You feel kind of bad that you're like, you're still mad and you haven't really gotten to that point of forgiveness, which is okay. And so it takes, you have to feel it and just embrace that, those negative feelings. It doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you a worse daughter. It doesn't, doesn't, it makes you human. Yeah. So, but in order to heal it, you have to get through it. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. So be angry woman. (laughs) So, so, yeah. So let, okay. So, you know, you're living on your own, you're helping your boyfriend, yeah. Uh, get this business. You bought a ho- uh, the home. I You're know. super young at this point. Yeah. Okay, so We're go ahead. I home. We had our, we do a uh, housewarming party at the housewarming party. He proposes um so now we're engaged to get married um i am still 19 at this point um but i'm happy and you know what's crazy is when um when we moved in together i had i literally had a list and i had a bucket list and i was like okay i wrote down everything that i wanted to do in life um you know that was on my bucket list and so like on that bucket list was and this was while like he and I were still dating. Um, but on my bucket list, it was like, um, I wanted to live with girlfriends. I wanted to have girl roommates, right? That was like one of the things that was on my bucket list. And I wanted to travel and, um, I don't remember the other ones, but I remember the main, the biggest one was, um, that I wanted to live with girls. I wanted to have roommates. So, um, when we, got engaged, I remember looking at my bucket list and I was like, damn, I'm never going to get to experience this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that always kind of like dawned on me. Cause I was like, okay, well, this is it, you know, this is, this, this is it. Like I'm going to, um, I wanted kids at the age of 24. I, um, you know, I just knew like, we, we were going to get married and we're going to live happily ever after, which was, which I was okay with, but I always remembered in the back of my mind, like, like, damn it, I'm never going to be able to check that off my bucket list. But that was that it was just, you know, just happened, um, whatever. And then his business started doing really well. I was in nursing school. I was towards the end and I was working a lot. I mean, I was going to school a lot. So I would go to school. I would come leave school like at four. I would probably go home, grab something, grab a bite to eat. And then I would go to Barnes and Noble with my um, group of friends from school. And we wouldn't leave till like 11 o'clock at night. We were just studying, 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 studying. I would get home and, um, and then it was like bedtime and literally like I would never see my boyfriend at the time. Um, and then it was to the point where on the weekends he would just go out with his friends and, um, and I was, I would just be like, you know what, I'm just going to stay home. I have to study. Like, you know, I'm sorry, I can't. And we, that literally like made us grow apart, um, because we were so young, like how, how could I expect him? I think he was barely 21 at the time he was three years older. So if I was 19, 22, he was like 22. Um, you know, he was working, he, he worked basically construction hours. So, um, you know, he had weekends off, he had nights off, he wanted to go out and have fun. And like, I was always cool with him hanging out with his friends. Um, so, you know, and that, and then I wouldn't feel so bad staying home studying. 
And then um, one thing that I do respect about my ex is that he was always very honest, um, very like brutally honest. We never went through like any like cheating scandals or anything like that. But, um, you, you know, so one day I come home and literally he was like, hey, I think we need to break up. And I was like, what? And he was like, I, um, I went out, I've been going out with my friends and there's been other girls that have been going out with us and I have not cheated on you. I promise you that I haven't done anything, but we've been hanging out with the same group of girls and I'm interested in one of them. And I just don't want to like, I don't want to cheat on you. So I just think that if I'm feeling this way, then we shouldn't be together. And like, what am I supposed to say to that? You know, that is brutally honest, but Hey, you gotta give it to him. Yeah. He goes, and he said, he's like, I haven't even gotten her phone number. He was like, but we have been hanging out because she's, she's coming around with the, with my group of boys. She's, you know, friends with so-and-so whatever. And I was just like, damn, it didn't hit me right then and there because I always, I already felt like we were distant. Mm -hmm. Um, so I said, okay, okay, cool. That's fine. And, um, I want to say that same weekend I ended up going out and I went to, I, so I used to like sneak into this bar, uh, with using my friend's ID and, um, every once in a while and I used to like have some drinks there and so I snuck into this or so I went to this bar with my friends I told them what was going on and I was just like you know what I just need to get out I'm not going to study today whatever I told them what was happening and I was like I just need a drink and I went to the bar I normally go to I had just turned 21 and um at this point yeah I had just turned yes yes I had just turned 21 and um I looked at the bartender and I was like, Hey, are you guys hiring? And he was like, yeah. He's like, uh, for what? And I said, anything like bartending, waitressing, whatever. And he was like, cause I wasn't working. Um, so, you know, I was like, if we're really going to go through with this breakup, like I need some backup. Um, I was just going to school. So he was like, yeah, let me see your ID. He grabbed my ID and he was like, you just turned 21. And I said, yeah, he's like, you've been coming here for like over a year. And I was like, I know I've been using my friend's ID. (laughs) And he's like, all right. So he went and he, um, I guess he made a copy of it or whatever. And he was like, how about tonight? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. He's like, you could start waitressing. I was like, holy shit. Okay. And then, you know, I waitressed, it was my first night, made maybe like two, 300 bucks. I was like, okay, this is nice. And then, um, so I started waitressing after that. But that week, um, I remember coming home and I was just like, dude, we're making a mistake. Like, this is my future husband. We have a house, we have toys, we have cars, we have a business. Like, what are we doing? You know, like we can't be playing around like this. Like, I think we just went off track and, um, we need to, you know, we need to, we need to talk. So a week went by and he came home and, um, and I said, Hey, like, I think we should talk. And he was like, what's up? And I was like, you know what? Um, I was really thinking about all of this and I don't think we should break up. Like we have gone through so much. Um, and 
you know, I understand the way that you must be feeling. And I think it's because I've been in school and I have been neglecting you, I guess you could say. Um, so like, why don't we just try working on ourselves? Like, let's get back together. And, um, he was like, I'm sorry, Monica. He's like, I already got this girl's number and we were already talking and I don't want to get back together. And my heart was crushed and I was like, so sad. Um, I went into like a, some type of depression at that point. I, um, right after that, I, I want to say I didn't leave my room for about two weeks. I didn't go to work. I didn't go to school. I was just like sick to my stomach. It took a whole week for me to realize like, this is real. Let's talk it out. And I thought like, I thought it was just going to be a thing, like a phase or whatever. And when I talked to him and he was like, no, like, I don't want to go back. I was like, I was devastated. Um, so my heart was broken. I was probably calling him every day or texting him and telling mm. him like, you know, like, let's work on this. Let's get back together. Oh. Um, and then he wasn't like coming home. Um, and then I would, uh, I would, I, I remember like going into his, his truck one day and I, I hopped into his truck and like he had came home, I guess, to take a shower, to go to work. And, um, I hopped into his truck. Just, I don't even know what I was looking for. I was looking for anything. I was like, well, let me see what, what the heck is going on. I go into his truck and I found condoms in his truck Ugh. and I was like, and this is literally weeks after no. so I'm like oh my gosh I'm like my heart is just like ah uh, I felt I just was crushed so I fell into this deep depression and um I it was to the point where my girlfriend's like I was just I couldn't stop thinking about him I kept begging him I kept telling him like everything a guy wants to hear and obviously now I know like I learned from that and um I know like when you're so vulnerable to a guy when you're so like desperate like you're you're they don't want that they do not want that so I was pushing him away even more and more and you know giving him this big head um at the time his business was booming he was making money he had a really nice lifted f-350 truck diesel like just you know like just like all the guys had those <laughs> yeah and um and and it was just like I I was I was I didn't know anything else I was like fuck like I've already I don't talk to my parents ba barely talk to my parents I'm you know, I, this relationship was what really was helping me get over the past. And now this, um, so then I ended up getting another job offer, um, as, as a bartender and, um, and I took the job. I was the, the head bartender. They were like, you know, you can, and it was weird because they called me out of nowhere. I had actually signed up for it on Craigslist and it was like a new bar that was opening and I had signed up for it in like November. And this was already like April or May of the following year. So I had forgotten about it. And, um, they, they called me out of nowhere, like during this time. And they were like, Hey, you know, you, you sent in an application, um, with your headshot back in November, are you still interested? We're about to open. And I was like, heck yeah, you know? So I go and um, I go in and I talk to them and they're like, we love you. You'll be our head bartender. 
Um, so I was like, heck yeah. And they're like, what hours, what days do you want? So I got to pick my days. I got to set up um, other bartender schedules. Like I was the head bartender for this new bar, um, which was like all the confidence that I needed at the time. It was just like, not even confidence. It was like, I mean, it was confidence because my very first day working there, I made $500. And ever since then, um, I was working four days a week, making $500 every night. So that's $2,000 a week. So for me, I was like, holy shit, like, you know what? I don't, and my ex was giving me money at the time. And it was crazy because like right away, I was able to be like, I don't need your money. I don't need your money. And he was like, like, trust me, you're going to need it. And I was like, no, trust me. I don't need your money and give me back my truck because it's under uh, my mom's name. So, and he was like, fine. And he, he gave me the truck. So now I was rolling in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as, and literally the moment that I finally snapped back, like I was like, my girlfriends were like, you know what? We need to a day in Vegas. I had never gone to Vegas before uh, the way I did with them. It was just all girls. And they were like, you just need to get away. Let's get out. Um, they knew I was like in this super funk and we had the time of our lives. Oh my gosh. Time of our lives in Vegas. I was posting it. I think it was on MySpace at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. But I've always been run one to run away, like from my, from everything. Like I run away from people. I run away just, just, you know, so that I can move on. And I started looking into schools, um, over in Santa Barbara and my girlfriend was like, Hey, I, I work at a restaurant. You could bartend here at the restaurant. Um, you can come to school like out here, just switch over. And I, I was like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. And so I'm, I'm looking into, you know, doing this. And she's like, and she's like, you can be my roommate. We can live in the same room. You know, we'll have our own beds, whatever. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I'm looking into moving to Santa Barbara because at this point the market crashed and I had already stopped making payments on my mortgage. Cause I was like, dude, my house is worth half of what it's worth, what it, what I bought it for. So I already knew I was going to let go of my property. Um, so what happened to that property? I, I ended up losing it. Oh, I ended up losing it. Yeah. Cause it was, we bought it for 410,000 at the time in San Bernardino, which was a lot of money. And after the market crashed, it was only worth about 200,000. So oh, there was no, there was no point in continuing to make payments when the value had gone. I don't even think it's gone up that much today. I don't, I think, mm. it, I think it was still, um, I think today it's probably worth like three something. Like, I don't even think it's gone up that high. So mm. it just wasn't worth I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just lose it. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll lose the house. And, and it was more of like, I had roommates. I could have continued paying the mortgage, but I wanted to get out. I wanted yeah. to just leave. I just wanted to like, I don't want to have any ties. I, I want to be done with him. And the moment that I finally was okay and I was well, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get over this. He comes back and he was like, I made a big mistake. I want you back. Da, da, da. <laughs> So, yeah. And, We've all been there, sister. Yeah. We've all been there. And I think that was more boost to my ego to be like, no, no, because you don't know how bad you hurt me. Um, I'm moving on. And it made me a man hater. And I was single for five years. And it made me just focus on me. I learned 
so many things about myself that I didn't know. I always thought I needed um, a person or a partner and I learned to like love, truly, truly, truly love myself. I, 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 no lie, like I was going to the movies by myself. I was like going, and now I do this now where like now, because I am in real estate, like I have to stop and eat by myself often. Um, but I don't care. But back then I was younger and I was embarrassed. I'd be like, oh, like, I'm going to go eat by myself. This is crazy. And then I got to the point where I was just like, I'm going to go and take myself on a date to, you know, Red Robin, whatever, wherever mm -hmm. I want to go eat. Like, I don't need a man to take me out. I was making money. Um, and I, I just learned to really, really love myself. And it was even to a point where, um, I stopped, I had been drinking a lot. A lot of like me getting over everything was like alcohol. So let's just, you know, drink and you'll forget about it. Drink and you forget about it. But the moment you're sober, it's like, you know, you're yeah. feeling the emotions, you're going through everything. So, um, I even told myself like, you know what, Monica, like you need to stop. You can't just drink and party and, you know, go out with the girls to Vegas every weekend and come home depressed because, you know, you're having alcohol withdrawals or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the middle of all of this, um, I just finally said, you know what? Okay. I'm not going to drink. And I started working out and I, I was doing it on my own. Um, I had a coach, you know, just teaching, uh, working me out. Um, I had already moved. So, so I ended up um, uh, moving in with my girlfriend. We moved to West Covina. So that was on my bucket list. And I was so happy because I was like, I finally got to check this off um, my bucket list. And it was literally like the time of my life. So much fun. We had so much fun. No worries. I mean, not a worry in the world. And, um, and then, you know, five years later, I ended up meeting, uh, my now husband and I had, by then I had already moved to LA. Um, and I was still working in the service world, which I never really talked about on my like social media, just because, um, it was kind of frowned, frowned upon, um, or just, we weren't really talked about in a good way. It was like, oh, there goes that, you know, that bartender or that bottle service girl or the, you know, the, the, whatever, the, this and that. Um, but to me, it was like, you know, this is my survival. This is what I, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year off of bartending like how much are you making you know so I have my own apartment I have my own car I'm free to buy and do as I want I can take myself out to eat to nice dinners um so I was comfortable I was very very comfortable and at the same time I had um you know a chip on my shoulders because I knew my worth um at this point I was like you know after my first relationship I said I'll never let a man never ever let a man make me feel that way ever again. Never let him make me feel less than or, you know, cry over a man. Um, and I, shortly after I ended up meeting my husband um, at, and then one of my rules also was like, never date a guy that I meet while I'm working, like while I'm bartending. Like I will never, that was like my biggest rule. Like 
I'll never date somebody that I meet in that world because it's just, I don't know. It was just my rule, you know? It was a very good rule because <laughs> I, I feel you, you know, I have the same background. Yeah. But you were smart. Very, very smart. Yeah. I, I, I think I just, I, at that point I was on a mission. Like I was just like, I was on a mission and I was a man hater. Like I hated all men because of, <laughs> because of my ex which was a good thing in a sense, because it helped me grow so much um, just independently without having to worry about any guy's opinion. And my girlfriends were very, um, my girlfriends were so amazing, especially one of them, my friend Arcelli. She just helped me keep my head on straight. And like, she always said, like, you don't need, you know, you definitely don't need a man. Do it for yourself. You're going to do your hair, do your hair for you. You're going to do your, you know, you're going to wear nice clothes, do it for you. Don't do it for no man. Um, Dang, shout out Araceli. Woo! I know, right? Great to have so this, like that. She was awesome. So awesome. It was like, I was even, I even felt stupid, like talking to people while I was going through this heartbreak. And I, I remember like mentioning just a little part, like, oh, me and my guy are going through this. And she was like, let's go have dinner tonight. And I said, okay. And then we went to dinner. She's like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Talk to me. And I was just like, you really want to know? And she's like, yeah, like what? And I didn't really have girlfriends then. So it was really, for me, it was like, wow, like sh she wants to listen and she wants to hear. And she had great advice. And that's what really helped me get through it. The fact that like, she was like, don't ever let him do that to you. Don't ever let him t talk to you like that. Don't ever go back. Um, and that was something that I needed to hear because I knew like I had her. Um, so fast forward to, you know, living my best life, bartending and all of that. Um, in the, in the midst of going to nursing school, I did finish. Um, and I had actually taken some real estate courses while I was in nursing school. Cause I was like, I said, I don't ever want to lose a house again. So let me take these real estate courses for the next time that I decide to buy a house. I'll be better prepared. That was, those were my only intentions um, as to why I even wanted to take the courses. So I took the courses, never did anything with them, nothing, just I took the really, all of the uh, real estate courses. And that was it. I finished nursing school. I didn't like it. I kept bartending. And I, um, I ended up meeting my now husband um, at a poker game that I was working. So at the time I was working these underground uh, poker games. And if you've ever watched um, Molly's game, I think it's what it's called, Molly's game or Molly's world, Molly's game, I don't know. Um, but basically she, she works these poker games where she gets like these guys and um, that have a lot of money and they, they, um, they pay, uh, what's it called? Like she gets paid in tips, basically. She's hosting, she's hosting all these guys and um, she starts making a lot of money in this poker world. And um, I started doing that. And that took me from working four days a night bartending to working maybe one or two nights a week um, mm -hmm. because of the money that was coming in. I was like, holy cow, all I have to do is make sure that these guys have dinner, make sure that these guys have drinks. Um, some of the poker games I worked, you weren't even allowed to um, drink. Or they had no alcohol in them because they were like high stake uh, poker games. So um, 
it was, it was really crazy. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy world. Um, super underground, but a very small world. And there was even um, celebrities in them playing. Like it was wild, super wild. Um, but it was good money and, um, and we didn't have to do anything. And, and one thing about me is like, I've never, like, I've never touched cocaine. I've never done like drugs. Um, I've always been like very sensitive to like, even just like medicine. So it's not even so much that like I frowned upon it. Cause I will say I was around it. I was around people doing drugs all the time, but um, my body is so delicate to everything that I was always too scared to even do anything other than drinking. But, you know, people were up all hours of the night up till, you know, seven in the morning. And it was a really crazy world, like a super crazy, crazy time. And, um, but it was great money. And that was when I moved out, I had moved out to LA and I, um, I said, I wanted to be closer to my job because at that time I was driving, I had moved back to San Bernardino from West Covina and I was driving from LA to San Bernardino. And I had already asked where you worked in LA. I I worked in a high rise. Oh, oh, okay. No, um, it was, it was private. Oh, so when I worked at a bar, I actually was working that in, in Redlands. What's it called? I worked at the boiler room. Have you ever been to the boiler room in Redlands? I've, uh, has it been called different names before? Oh, okay, okay. It's always been the boiler room. Yeah, oh, okay. honestly, I don't know if it's something else now. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there in years, but yeah. um, back then it was always, uh, it was always the boiler room. And then I worked, um, so I, money was so good, like in the Inland Empire that even when I moved out to LA, I would still drive back and then just drive home every night. Um, just cause I was comfortable. I had my regulars, you know, I was making money like, um, and then I did do, when I moved to LA, I, I did work at, um, a bar in West Hollywood. Um, one of the gay bars. And, um, but then I, that's when I started doing poker and I stopped working uh, the game. Uh, oh, and I, and I worked at, have, did you ever hear about, um, secret Sundays? Did you ever hear of secret Sundays? I think, is that the day club? The day it, club? No, it was a, so it was on Sundays. It was like an upscale strip club type of thing. Um, oh. they used to have like, um, all these celebrities in there all the time. And, um, they, there would, there would be strippers, but they wouldn't strip. They would just be like crazy, crazy dancers. Mm. And, um, like French Montana was always there, like P Diddy. And, and I don't know, it was only on Sundays. It was this huge thing, but I worked secret Sundays, um, for a How while. Fun. It, was oh it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was my life for a long time. And then once I, um, so once I was doing these poker games, I met my, my, my husband now, and he was trying to take me out for so long. He was like, let's, you know, let me take you on a date. Let me take you to a basketball game. Let me take you here or there. And I was like, no. And he was really quiet. 
Um, so I was always ignoring him. I was always like, no, like, I'm not going to date somebody that I met here. Like, this is crazy. And then, um, but I did give him my number. So then I ended up moving to LA. I moved four blocks away from where I was working, the poker game I was working because I wanted to be closer. Um, cause sometimes like we wouldn't leave the poker game till like six in the morning. And then I had to drive a whole hour back to San Bernardino and I would be like, freaking falling asleep I'd have to pull over so then finally I was like you know what I'll just live in LA and I moved four blocks away and he happened to call me um uh, he happened to call me the day that I was moving into my apartment in LA and he was like hey what are you doing and I was like actually I'm just um I'm just moving in like four blocks away and he lived he lived real close by and so he was like oh let me take you to dinner and I was like okay and like literally like he took me to dinner and then the next day took me to breakfast and then the next day took me to lunch and we were just inseparable after that oh. i ended up getting pregnant um within a year mm. and at that time i was like holy crap like what what would what's going to happen like we ended up getting pregnant like we didn't even have a t- like a f- full title on it we were just you know having fun and um you were dating him for a whole year and didn't have a title girl it's complicated (laughs) (laughs) we can get into that later (laughs) separately Uh, it it was it was we went through a lot the first year um or that year so when I had when I got pregnant I was really scared because I was like is this even serious like he has all these crazy ex-girlfriends that were freaking obsessed with me just always harassing me um but I didn't let it get to me and I was actually I actually told him I said you know uh I was I wanted to have an abortion I was like I knew the moment that I got pregnant I was like you know fuck we're gonna have to have an abortion so I told him I said hey don't say anything don't tell anybody. We were, we were in Vegas. It was my birthday. We were in Vegas and I ended up fainting. We, we were on our way to the club and I ended up passing out. And, um, and anyways, he, um, he was like, I, I went to the store real quick. I grabbed a, a test and, and, you know, it was positive. And I was like, please don't tell anybody. I know everybody's out here. Like, let's just wait till we get home. We'll talk about this when we get home. And, that same night there was people in our room and he was like I'm gonna be a dad and I was like yo be quiet (laughs) and then like the one that like yeah usually it's the girl but yeah and then his sister was out there and his brother the next day and he was like hey come down to the sports book I was crying I was sobbing all morning and then I go down this to the sports book there's like 15 people in there and when I get there everyone has champagne um champagne in their hands and they're like congratulations and I was like oh oh my I was like wait a minute we're supposed to have a talk like he's like you ain't getting an abortion now I got you so then after that it was like how am I even supposed to have that talk and you know, it was a good thing because he never let me have the talk. I never even brought it up because I was like, I'm going to crush this guy. And at the same time, he's making me feel excited. So I'm just like, okay, I mean, I guess we're going to have a baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> And how old are you at this point? At this point, I am 26. I got pregnant at 26. 
So I'm 26. And uh, no, 27. I'm 27. So I'm 27. I was single all that time um, from the ex. And this so uh, was your first relationship. And then this guy's your second relationship. Yeah. So all the time in between was just like me bartending and just me focusing on me. Did you date at all or just really uh, strictly? No, I, I did. I, I dated two people in between, but nothing serious, mm. nothing serious. Um, they were my friends and we dated, but I wouldn't even like, I didn't even like going on dates or anything like that. Mm. It was more of like someone I can text, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. You're able to learn from the first yeah. relationship because there's girls oh, sure. that go through the cycle like me over and over. <laughs> no, I, oh. I, the, the <laughs> first one um, really just got me into like, I, I started also like reading a lot of books on like, uh, you know, those books, like how, um gosh what is it called what women no what men want or something like that or yeah like the oh gosh I know which ones you're talking about like just kind of understanding a man's mentality type of thing yeah yeah so I read a lot of those books and um and I was like okay this makes sense like it makes sense and it, it told you like don't ever chase a man don't ever like get guys like bitches um like all this stuff. So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like the sweetest girl in the world. So I'm always, you know, stomped on or stepped all over. Um, so how do you feel about that saying guys like bitches? Um, I think it's true. Really? Yeah. I think it's true. Not so much that you have to be a bitch, but you just have to be aggressive. Um, and you have to know, you have to know your worth because that leads me to, um, to where I, my biggest point is, you know, we got, so we got pregnant and we had our baby. I had obviously had to stop, um, working. So at this point it's like eight to $10,000 of income every month that I'm no longer making that I'm relying on him for. I mean, he's not giving me 10 grand, but like now we're living together. Now it's all his money. And like, I hate to ask for money. So it's just, uh, it's our, our live. He's paying for our living and we get into, you know, every relationship you go through fights, every relationship you go through ups and downs. And we started going through some like downs and some fights. And the first thing that would come out of his mouth is, well, I pay for everything. Well, you don't do shit. Well, you wouldn't be nothing without me. Well, why don't you leave and take, you know, don't, don't, don't take anything I've given you. Don't take any of my bags. Don't take any shoes that you better leave everything. And to me, it was like, I have nothing. I have nothing because I gave everything up because, you know, we had this kid, I'm no longer working. I'm no longer making money. Even though I was helping him with his business, I was getting him clients, but I, it wasn't mine. And those words really hit deep. Those words, I mean, were enough to, for me to want to leave him. It was like, fuck you. Like, who do you think you are talking to me like that? I don't need your fucking money. Like you think that I can't make it on my own. Like you're fucking crazy. Um, 
And I was always really nice. Like his sister would tell me, she'd be like, girl, you're too nice to him. You're way too nice. And I was like, really? And his sister is basically him, but in a girl body. So she would be like, you need to step up to him. You need to be a bitch to him. And she was the main one that would tell me like, she was team Monica, which is really, really cool. So she would just be like, just be a fucking bitch. Trust me. And I'm like, but I don't want to fight. Like I hate fucking fighting. I don't want to fight. And she would just be like, no, step up to him, be a bitch and tell him how it is. Um, so I, there was times where we would fight and I would just be like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I remember one time we fought and I grabbed my son. I only had one kid at the time. I grabbed my son, um, you know, the shoes that I had, my bag, and I was out. And I said, uh, I was like, I'm done. I'm moving out. I I don't even need anything. I don't need nothing. I'm done with you. And you're just not going to hear from me until I'm ready. And you can see your son um, once I'm ready. And, um, and he was, you know, that day he had told me all kinds of mean things like you're, you're, you're nothing. You're never, you know, going to be anything like, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to bartending. Um, you know, like, Oh, who are you going to meet somebody at the bar? Like who's going to marry you? And so like, those were some really hurtful words. And I was just like, fuck you. I don't need you. So I, um, I, would I I've done it twice where I've gotten everything and just left I've left the house I the first time I went to a hotel and it was to the point where he was like okay I'm sorry blah 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 like come back home come back home it wasn't until my husband has always been very uh he's always been very um, assertive of himself he's never he's never you know girls have always flocked around him. Um, he doesn't have trouble like making friends. He's the life of the party. Um, he's entrepreneurial. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's great. Um, so he's never had to chase nobody, nobody. He's never had to, um, he doesn't have a problem, you know, like, if he wanted to have another girlfriend tomorrow, I'm sure he could, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, um, when, when we, when he started being like this with me, kind of being controlling and telling me these things, it really, it really like hit home for me. And that's when I was, I had my second child and I was like, you know what? I need to start working. Like, I can't do this. I can't be home and let him just verbally abused me was what I what I it felt like our relationship was just kind of going to shit and I was just like I can't take this verbal abuse it hurts it hurts being told that you're nothing or whatever so um I ended up uh getting into real estate I had already taken my courses so all I did was take my test and I mean, it was like a switch. The minute I started making deals, the minute I started going to lunches and dinners and self-development classes um, or courses or, you know, all of these things that just helped me develop myself, I mean, he has been a whole other person. Like, it was like, and the minute I just started putting my foot down and just, saying, you know, no, or this is how it is, or I'm going to work. Um, And 
I'm able to make money and I can contribute. And um, there's been times where he's like, I don't want you to go out of town. Like, you're not going to go by yourself. And I'm like, oh, I'm going. Watch me go. (laughs) I I mean, it's it's all for work, but I have never seen him uh, like so into me or so like um, so involved. Like even, even when it comes to sex, like before it was always like me, me, me. And then, and since I've been taking care of myself and just been um, worried about my own, my own business, he's just like, a whole other person, whole other person. I mean, so much to say that he was just like, let's just go to the courthouse next week and get married. And I was like, what? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, let's just go to the courthouse. Like we had been wanting a, a wedding and everything. And I was just like, okay. But I knew it was more, I felt like he was like, shit, my girl like doesn't give a fuck about me. She's just mm-hmm. booming on her own. She has a bunch of people that you know, are, are lifting her up like strangers, people on social media. It's crazy how like people just really can uplift you and, and, um, and, you know, she's doing well in real estate and she's meeting with all these lenders and all these people and all these guys and they're making Sorry, money. And, and, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, I mean, now I can say our relationship has been better than ever. Um, and it's because like, he gives me my place, you know, it's because he, um, he sees that I am working hard and he sees like, I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for him. I'm not doing it for any wrong reason. And I'm, I think that's what it took for us to, to become, you know, united and for us to be equally, um, into each other, not just always like one way where I always felt like, crap like I always felt like um like here we go again he's gonna uh, he's he's gonna say something or he's gonna you know belittle me or whatever and now and I've told him to through the through all of this I've told him like hey um I you hurt my feelings and he's he's apologized he's like I'm so sorry like I'm sorry I made you feel that way I'll never ever do it again so I mean I do feel like you have to be a bitch sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So when, okay. So what's your definition of being a bitch? Well, I guess it's not, maybe, maybe my definition of being a bitch isn't anything too crazy. It's It's not like disrespectful or anything. No, no. For me, it's like just standing on your own, putting your foot down and just saying, saying no when you don't want to. Having your voice. Yeah. Saying, you know, instead of like, Hey, let's go to, um, let's go to dinner tonight. It's like, Oh, sorry. I can't. I'm meeting with clients. Um, or no, I don't want to, I'm going to read a book or, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I have, I'm, or I have a, um, I remember he used to get mad when I used to work out, I would be like, Oh, I have a class. I have a class in the morning. I can't do that with you in the morning. He'd be like, what? are you serious? You can't cancel your class. I'm like, no, no, this is for me, you know? So that to me is like just standing on my own and defending, standing up for what I want and not always, and not always conforming to what, what a guy wants from you. I 
I love that so much that you brought that up. I think more and more women need to hear this because they become so consumed with, you know, like you said, you're, you were a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, I think that's very common for a lot of women. Again, like, you know, um, we just want everyone to be happy, right? We want to nurture everyone. It's in our DNA. We want to take care of everyone. Oh, you're not happy. How can I make you happy? And so you get, you get lost, kind, you kind of lose yourself in a way. Yeah. And uh, that's extremely common, especially with, you know, us women trying to please and not just please other people, but to be loved and feel loved and to be accepted. Um, yeah. I think too, when you're raised in a traditional household, you know, I don't know, did, I, you said your mom worked, right? But was she more like the man was like the dominated one? Was that no, like? Uh, my mom actually was the, the one that ran the house. Like so she, you got it from her. Because uh, my next question to you was going to be, where did this come from? You know, because you, you, you went from people pleaser, trying to make everyone happy, your parents, your boyfriend, and, you know, you get in this, you know, what, like we, I'm sure all of us women go through this depression, breakup, you just yeah. feel very little, but now you're, you know, not just a powerful real estate agent, mother and wife, but you're now in a male dominating industry. Right. And yeah. so you have to go we're always defending ourselves in yeah. the industry because it is a male dominant uh industry so some people don't take you as serious so i feel like we have to work even harder um to get the recognition that we deserve but um but i think it everything just came from my past and just not letting you know, from my first relationship, it's like, I'm never going to let a man or let alone a person make me feel that way ever again. And even with my current husband, like, I'm never going to let him be able to talk to me like that. Um, which he also says, he's like, sometimes I have to talk to you like that because I know he's like, I know how you react and you react by like proving yourself. He's like, and I know that you have it in you to, to do things. He's like, so sometimes I have to talk to you that way just so that you can prove to yourself that you can do it. Um, which I have noticed is a way that I do work is like when someone says you can't, I'm like, huh, I'm gonna show you that I can, mm -hmm. you know? So, so sometimes I see him telling me things and I know he doesn't mean it, but I know he does it because he knows like, oh, she's going to go do it. If I say she can't, she's going to go do it. Mm. So I guess it's just how I now, it's like I have to prove a point that I, I am going to do it. So, um, and I just feel like it's probably from all of my past relationships, including my parents, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah, that is so powerful. I love that so much. Um, that's so extremely important, uh, with women. Um, so I kind of want to get into a little bit of like, um, well, I'm actually, I'm curious for myself cause you know, I'm in real estate too. I'm in, I'm in orange counties, um, dominate more dominating, dominating. Well, yeah, technically we kind of are, <laughs> oh, I'm going to piss someone off with this. Um, we specialize in like South Orange County. And I actually think 
women realtors have it better or easier than male. I feel like, well, ah, it's, it's, so I feel like, cause someone's, so say if you're door knocking, right. Uh-huh. And a guy comes to your door versus a woman coming to your door. Right. You know, they're going to feel less intimidated. Yeah, that is true. Girl. At number one, number two, the other thing I've noticed is wives, you know, so if you're a woman, but not just a woman, but you're a pretty woman, mm-hmm. then you got to be careful with the wife. Oh yeah. You know, cause like for, like for me, I always talk to the woman. I no, always talk to sure. the wife. I, to. I never, I never go up to the guy. I always go to her first. I say hi, like, yeah. you know, but that's in Orange County. But you just said right now you kind of have to fight harder for it in LA. It, it may be different in LA. How is it different? I just feel like um, I feel like all of the the um, top agents out here they're just really really aggressive um, as far as like their marketing is amazing. They have freaking commercials and they're doing every other, you know, every other Facebook ad is a man and, and all they're doing is talking about their current sales and their current, uh, you know, how many millions and or billions that they've, um, sold in revenue. And so, um, for me, and then like the first thing they'll say is like, well, how much have you done? And you know, it's always like, they're always looking at like the numbers and it's like, yo buddy. Yeah. You've been in the business for 20 years. I hope you would have made, you know, that much in revenue by now. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, well, how much have you made? And I'm like, well, I've been in the business three years. I haven't made as much as you, but it's like, I, I guess I come across that where, um, out here, it's all like a numbers game. So like when you meet somebody, when, when I've met other agents, um, they just go straight to like, Oh, so like, so, so what have you sold? So like, what's the, what's the most that you've sold or, you know, like people are not friendly mm. and it, it can be hard. Cause it's like, Oh, like you're such a jerk. <laughs> I can only imagine how much more competitive it is in LA because you got shows like, um, I don't know. I never watched those shows. What are those shows called? Um, yeah. The million dollar listing and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So all that, I try to watch one episode girl. When I saw this girl wearing red bottoms going up a hill on a construction site, I'm like, that is not real life, bitch. Like I, I immediately turned it off. I, it was not a good representation of aging. It is not realistic. It was stupid. It was drama. Like, you know, you, they walk in some new girl walks into the office. There's six other girl agents. They're all looking like they're about to go on the red carpet. We don't always look like that. No. And, you know, so she walks in and they're all, they stop what they're doing and they're kind of talking about her. I'm like, you know what, if you're a high producing agent or, or team, you don't got time to sit around and start gossiping and talking about other people. I'm like, this is bullshit. This is not yeah. real. So I immediately was like, I'm not into this. Yeah. Um, but I can only imagine like the competition because you, you're also dealing with Hollywood. Yeah. So it's a mixture of that because you specialize in luxury, right? Luxury. um, Residential. Okay. Yeah. So you do more like higher end. Um, So I mean, I I do, I do everything um, because I am from San Bernardino. I still get a lot of business from out there from my friends, from family. So I don't, you know, 
I don't discriminate on price or, or anything like that. Um, but I have tapped into the luxury mar market as well. Um, so I, I like it all, you know, I'm not, as long as I'm able to, I'm going to do it. It's money. You know what I mean? Right. Do you feel like, do you feel like when you first tapped into the luxury world, uh, do you feel like that's when it started changing or? No, cause my very first deal was a million dollar deal. Um, so, ah! um, so my very first deal was a million dollar deal and, um, it wasn't, I didn't know because, you know, everybody said, like, figure out what your niche is going to be. Figure out first, like, don't I always aspired to do um, luxury, but, um, you know, I knew I had to start somewhere and I got lucky to represent my friend and um, she they they actually bought in Orange County and um, and. I was like, okay, well, this is a really good start. But at the time I was with a really small firm and they were only doing like all of their, um, all of the houses that they were selling, they were like 500,000 and under. So I just felt like, you know what, if I really want to hit the luxury market, this is not the, um, this isn't the place for me. So I ended up leaving there and that's when I went to Keller Williams, um, near my house. And, um, but that, but where I started the little, it was a little boutique, um, agency. Um, I did learn a lot though. So they'll definitely get you on track to like doing the cold calling, doing the, um, door knocking and all of that. Um, versus like when I left to Keller Williams, even though they have a lot of, um, classes and courses for us to learn from, it wasn't hands-on. It wasn't anybody holding my hand saying like, Hey, this is what you need to do. So luckily I already had learned that from the previous brokerage and I knew what I needed to do, um, to, you know, to, to get business. So I, I went there and, um, and then I continued, um, selling from there. So I've, I've done pretty well. I've have listed. I, I mean, my high, my biggest listing was $7.2 million last year. Um, and then I have, um, I actually ended up getting some listings yesterday, um, one for 4 million. So, but then, you know, at the same time last year, I closed on a $3 million listing and a week later I closed on a $280,000 listing. So, I'm not discriminating whatsoever mm -hmm. to me. It's like, as long as I can handle it, I'm going to handle, I'm, I'm going to do it all. Yeah. Um, and also because like, I love seeing like my friends and family that are from the Inland Empire, um, being able to buy houses and who better to represent them than me, um, that I know them personally and I'm going to, you know, negotiate for them and fight for them. So I really want them to um, become, homeowners and and like I think that I think that's more exciting to me is like helping my friends no matter what the price is mm. because it's such a huge goal to like purchase a home um so like it doesn't matter the dollar amount it's it's the emotional attachment that you get with your client um whether they're a friend or not like you just it, it the excitement of like them especially when it's like a first-time buyer it's like the exi excitement of them buying a property and actually getting them to the finish line um is just what makes 
it worth it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. You know, people think, oh, real estate. Well, I don't know what people think, to be honest, but I am assuming that most think, you know, they get into it for money and stuff like that. Yes, the money is good. And the yeah. best part is you can make as much as you want. Yeah. Um, but uh, being from South Orange County, I've known, and I've, I've only been in the industry. I'm a baby. I'm a newborn. Um, and uh, I've been in for, I'm going to just say since I've joined my team, which was like eight months ago. Oh, okay. Prior to that, I was with a different brokerage and it was the same thing. It was like, you know, classes and you're writing down notes and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, this is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like, cause I learned best hands-on, Yeah, you know, and you sound like you're the same way. So you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm not learning by being in an office and taking notes and writing shit down. Like I got to be out there and actually, you know, doing the work. And so, uh, that didn't last, that only lasted for a couple of months. Then thank God. Um, second try of looking for something, which sounds like that happened with you. Second, yeah. try, I found my team and I am learning so freaking much. That's awesome. Uh, I'm also realizing because you're interacting with agents all the time, right? And the majority of them, how do I say this? They're not nice. <laughs> yeah. In South Orange County, they're not nice. Like, but you can tell it's because they're not in it for, you know, genuinely caring about other people's feelings and lives and emotions and they're they're in it for the paycheck because as soon as the transaction closes they're not answering your calls like you know I can't even tell you how many times I have had to like go after agents that you know the transaction closed but they're missing the mail key or they're missing uh the house key or not the house key usually we have a house key but um like the garage door opener and I'm like hey we need this we need this no response and i'm just like well because you already got paid you don't give a shit like it it actually it's really annoying but um yeah there it's been like that with me so i also do um i also do commercial my husband's in like the marijuana business so he um i i've been fortunate enough to help represent some of his um business partners and 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 um people in the, in the marijuana business that are selling buildings and stuff. So it's crazy that like sometimes make these smaller deals, like the ones that, that are like two, three, $400,000, I'm dealing with crazy agents, like crazy, crazy agents. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to be crazy. We both want to close. Like we both want to close on this property. Let's, you know, Like that means that my client should be just as important to you as your client is to me because we both are trying to close on this property. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when I've done, um, uh, when I've worked with these big, uh, commercial properties, um, and dealing with these high end agents that, I mean, we're, we're talking about they're representing billionaires. I was so intimidated. I mean, like, oh my gosh, I'm like, holy cow, they're throwing me in with the wolves. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've always had my broker by my side when, when I do these transactions, but, um, 
they are so nice. Oh my God. They, I didn't expect you to say that. They, I have been like, I, I've negotiated for um, uh, commissions and, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm asking for too much and they're going to go crazy and they're going to like, I don't know. And so then I'm just, you know, on the phone and I'm trying to just sound aggressive, but stern and, and I don't know if it's because I'm a female and they are males and, or like you said, but they're like, okay, okay. Like, all right, cool. Great. Okay, great. Like they're even to the point where they're like, let's all go have lunch. And I'm like, okay, like everybody, like me, you, the buyer, the seller, like they want to like it, like they're just so, I mean, obviously it's a much bigger deal and, or whatever, but you would think they would be like, the other way around like you would think they would you know be aggressive and like mean and it's like you know but no I've been so shocked that like for those transactions like they've been like easy peasy and then like the smaller ones like I remember my very first one my million dollar one um the agent the other agent she was an Orange County agent and she called my broker and she's like do you know that this is her, I don't know how she found out. I mean, I'm sure I made a million mistakes, but, um, she called my broker maybe a couple of days in and she's like, do you know that this is her very first transaction? And he goes, yes. And I'm very proud of her. How much did you sell for your very, on your very first transaction? And she was like, this is like, she was so mad. So good. <laughs> like she's doing a great job. And I was just like, Oh my God, this lady's freak. She was bananas. Like I wanted to quit real estate at that point. It was, she was crazy. Like she even, I don't even know. I don't know how, but she ended up getting on the phone with my client and they were like cussing each other out. Mm. It was crazy. But, um, you know, some agents are just crazy, crazy. Yeah. One, one incident that just came to mind that happened to me because it was like, I was fresh on the team and my recent team that I'm on right now. And I, it's like, she, we were on the same team, but it was, she was in a different office or excuse me. So we're with Remax, but we have different teams, right? So yeah. she was with Remax, but in a different office. A different, okay. And so she knew I was new. And so the way that she spoke to me was so mean and so rude. She was like, shouldn't you know all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, and what did she say? She was like, you should figure it out. You're the assistant. Like the <gasps> thing that she would say, like putting down the fact that like I'm an assistant, like like I'm like shit, like just shit yeah. all over me, right? Just because I'm the assistant, I'm nothing. And so, you know, and I and I went to my partner and I was like, I screenshotted it because just like what you had mentioned earlier, I'm so glad we're going over this. Just like what you mentioned earlier, like when you got into real estate, you got exposed to different things that you weren't exposed to before, which yeah. caused you to realize oh shit, like there's a lot of stuff I need to work on myself mentally and stuff like yeah. that, which is so extremely important, yes. important to, to um, uh, point out because that's called taking accountability and right. not being like, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's the broker's fault. It's, yeah. it's you and you know that. And so that's huge. You took accountability for it yourself. So same thing with me. Um, I went from a barber and bartender to real estate. So you know where our, we come from. So, you know, 
But I think that like going, coming from that, I feel like we learned a lot of social skills. Oh yeah. Um, uh, how to be personable. And then on top of that, I don't know about you, but like even just clients, keeping in touch with some of your past, um, you know, regulars or just people that you met in that bartending world, I've been able to keep in touch with or do business with because of that, you know? Right. Totally. I, I feel like it was a good, um, it, you know, we're in this biz- in the sales business. <clears throat> and at that time, you know, it was like, it was building us up to doing what we're doing now for right. sure. And, and the relationship, right? Yeah. You're, you're mm-hmm. dealing with people. So we, we are so good. We already have that skill set of handling people and yeah. like and getting people yeah. to like you and trust you. Yeah, totally. Totally. So uh, what was I saying? Uh, shoot. I forgot what I was saying. I had such a good point. Oh no, I'm sorry. The last thing I said? No, 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 don't be sorry. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Oh, so <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this out. Um, so I got into real estate. Oh, so all these things started coming to surface, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. So I realized getting into real estate that, holy shit, I need therapy. <laughs> right so yeah all these things kind of started coming to surface because it was it was other things um uh you know i i have triggers i have um we all we all do we uh, you know i have i've uh ptsd oh god um we'll get into that later but i have a uh episode on talking about emdr therapy anyone everyone that's listening to this right now like what you said too we recommend, I think everyone needs to take therapy, like regardless of like how bad or how good you had it. I think everyone needs to take therapy. I think. Yeah. And I think every, I even told my husband, cause like you said, we start doing all this like self-development stuff. And, um, I even told him, I said, even, even though we're good, like, I think we should still do a couple of therapy. You know, like even if we are are good, um, therapy's so good, just for anybody, for anyone. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, so being in the new industry of real estate and being surrounded by, um, you know, other people that's been in the industry for so long, and I'm again, I'm just so thankful that I got on a team where, you know, our head coach is everyone knows who he is. Like he's so big in, in, in this industry in South Orange County, but he's also a great person. I'm going to point that out. Um, you know, I was told by my teammates, like, I think you should do that. We all do therapy. And I'm like, what? I thought therapy was for crazy people and I'm not crazy. You know, I'm getting better. And they're like, no, we, yeah, I think it's a normal thing. So that's how it got started. So, so I wouldn't have ever done therapy on my own. Maybe it would have been in a different situation where someone else had to tell me that it's okay, but they had, my team started, um, had me start, start doing therapy and that's when all the things started arising. And so, um, you know, it's the personal development really got deeper because before, I mean, yeah, I was, I was reading and going to events and listening to podcasts and doing vision boards. I was doing all that shit, but 
I realized that I needed to do the deeper work yeah. of like actually going and getting therapy, you yeah. know, in my case it's EMDR, which is like, you know, is it like a device we hold on to or like tapping? I don't know. You can look into it, but, um, what was my point of saying that? Um, <laughs> this has gotten a lot longer than I thought, but this is I good. I really love where this is going, I think it's super important. We're hitting a lot of points that I think a lot of, especially women need to hear. But yeah, uh, for sure. I think, um, you know, I, I think as, as a woman, um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, someone that is a real estate agent. I feel like we, we just, as women go through so much, um, where we forget like what our self-worth is or our value or we let another person um we let another person determine what our value is and we believe it um so for me it's really important to prove to to myself that i am worth it and that i am capable of my own happiness yeah. Um, so I, you know, that's something that I always tell my husband. It's like, Hey, if you're ever not happy, um, tell me, tell me, we don't have to fight. We don't have to, you know, go back and forth. Like I'll be okay. And I feel like I am mentally prepared for anything because, um, sometimes I prepare for the worst, you know, I feel like my whole life, I prepare for the worst. I feel like I've been doing that my entire life. I, it, it sucks because sometimes I, it's hard for me to live in the moment sometimes because I am preparing for the worst. But then uh, when I sit back and I'm like, oh shit, like the worst is not happening. Like, like I'm actually in a really good space. Um, I can actually sit back and enjoy this. Uh, it, it's such a good feeling yet knowing like if the worst were to happen if the worst were to come i'm 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 prepared for that mm-hmm. um so i guess i've just been that person that's always um thinking like okay worst case scenario this is what's going to happen this is what i need to do for myself um so i've figured out a whole plan where you know it's like hey i can survive i need to work because if you know, if my husband dies tomorrow, who's going to hold down the house? Right. If we, if we break up, who's going to, you know, hold down the household? Who's going to hold down the fort? Who's going to, um, you know, I have to make sure that I'm capable of that and to be able to give to my kids and, um, and, you know, be able to make myself happy if, if it's, whether if it's him passing or us, splitting up like I always have to think about think about that and then and now that we're going through like this whole quarantine thing it's like living in the moment and realizing like you know I'm blessed and we're both lucky to be in positions where we can stay quarantined for a while because we've been working so hard on ourselves on our own business and we're each other's biggest cheerleader um you know, my husband's basically my assistant and, and vice versa when it comes to work. Like he knows everything about my business. I know everything about his business and we're constantly, you know, asking for each other's advice, like, Hey, what should I do? Or what this, this and that. So, um, 
it's, it's awesome to have, to be able to have two separate lives, but right. like combined in one, you know, like I, yeah. I do feel like I have my own life and that's all I can ask for. Cause sometimes moms or wives, their world is their husband. It becomes their identity. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and you have to be able to separate yourself from that, even if it just means um, going out on a workout every day, make sure you stick to it and do it. Not because you have to go pick up your husband's clothes from the dry cleaner. No, mm. like you have to do stuff for yourself. Like make sure that you have your own identity. You get to, um, you know, feel like a person, an individual, and like you're living your own life, not like you are, uh, like you're revolving your life around a person. And I felt that for a long time. I felt like, like, damn it, I'm, I'm walking on eggshells, making sure that I keep this person happy, but I'm not happy. Yeah. And now that I'm making myself happy and he has his own business going on and, but we're both involved. Um, it's, it's just so much better. Like it's just it, the respect levels on both sides is so different. And that's where confidence is built. When you tell yourself you're going to do something, especially when it's for yourself, when you actually do it, that helps you build confidence. Yeah. And when you don't do it or even be like, Oh, no one's going to know you're going to know. And mm -hmm. guess what? You're feeding that insecurity inside of you and it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anyone and it, you know, it doesn't help yourself. So I'm really yeah. glad you brought that up. Um, you know, I, I agree as far as relationships, I think that it's so important for you guys to have your separate lives, but be able to enhance yes. um, each other's lives when you, you know, and be able to go to him for advice and then he can come to you for advice and be able to build that way. I think that's yeah. super, super important. Yeah. And it's um, not, and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, when you, when you love somebody, you just got to yeah. roll punches sometimes and, and you'll figure it out. So right. I wouldn't say like, give up if it's not happening right away, but you can definitely become that person. Um, show that person that you can be there for them and also do but, your own. Yeah, totally. And I want to use this as an example. Um, you know, my, my stepmom is going through, well, it actually their divorce is finalized now with my dad and oh, wow. we, yeah. So, um, it was, you know, we, we recently sat down and I just, I just looked at her. I was like, what next? And she just looked at me like, I got to figure out who I am because all those years, so she's been in my, my stepmom's been in my life since I was one years old. I'm 31 right now. So she's been in my life for 30 years. So her identity became a mother and a, and a wife. And she worked though. She worked though. She was actually the, um, she ended up being the breadwinner. Um, she's, she's chilling right now. So like she's able to just, she's financially good. Um, but you know, I was just curious, you know, I'm like, what, what's next? And she's like, I don't, I got to figure out what I like, what I want to do. Like, she doesn't know what to do with herself because all her kids are grown. You know, she's a single woman now in her home by herself. And she's, you know, and, and, 
she's she'll be okay uh she'll be fine but i just want this message to be out there like don't become that no don't sit back and look at your life and be like who am i yeah exactly 50 years old yeah and not even know who you are yeah. you know and so it's 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 tough she she's a she's the strongest woman that i know so i i know that she's going to get through this and um i'm going to be there next to her but it's just like fuck i never want that to be me i don't ever want any woman to go through that you know and i have to watch my stepmom just like be this way and it's just fucking sucks yeah. so um it's so important and you don't realize until it happens to you Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, I'm really glad to hear that you're able to get yourself out of that. And that's yeah. so important for women to, um, to know that. Okay. So I could keep going. I would <laughs> love to keep going, but I have to close this out where I think we're sure. well over two hours now. <laughs> you know, us, girl. Oh going going. I know we can keep, we can talk. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we can do another separate episode on something, maybe on like specifically relationships or something like that. Yeah. About it. I mean, I love talking to you. I mean, we can we can keep going, um, but I'm gonna close it out with a um, a couple more, a few more questions. Sure. Um, okay, so number one, what would be your message to other hard work working women and mothers? Well, kind of like what we were saying is um, learn to love yourself, learn to figure out who you are. Um, and in that, people will love you. Don't ever chase for someone's attention because as long as you are um, loving yourself and treating yourself with respect, everyone's going to treat you the, the same way. I love that. The way, the way you treat yourself is how others will treat you. Fill up your own cup so that you can overflow into the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Freaking love that. When I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh. It's so, so true. Though. It's so true. Like you have to, because you can't help fill others if you got nothing to fill it up with. So, ha- so that to that point, this is something like really, really small, but it, it, it basically, it's kind of like the same thing. So last week, everybody in my family was sick. Everybody. I mean, we all thought we had coronavirus. Well, not me, except for me, but my kids were sick. My husband was sick. Um, my mom was here. She was sick and it was scary. I had even taken my little one to the hospital and, um, you know, it was time for lunch. I'm like feeding everyone. I'm giving everybody lunch. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure everybody's eating, taking their vitamins, taking their medicine. Um, like everyone's dead. And so I'm just like, like crap. Like, and then I'm trying not to get sick. So it's, you know, a little past lunchtime and I'm cooking. And then, um, my husband gets up and he's like, really? He's like, you're going to, you're like, we're all hungry and you're cooking for yourself. And I said, listen, you guys are all dead. If I don't eat first, who's going to feed you? You know, if I don't eat first, like who's going to take care of you guys? Let me eat. Let me take my vitamins. Let me be okay so that I don't get sick. And as soon as I'm done, trust me, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you guys. And he was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you're right. Cause 
had I just been feeding them, not taking my vitamins, not eating what I'm supposed to, I, I was going to catch whatever it is that they had, but I was making sure I was drinking my teas, taking my vitamins, doing whatever I had to do before coming in contact with them before taking care of them. Because it's kind of like when you're on an airplane, they always say, give, make sure you give yourself gas before, or the mask before you give it to your child. Cause then you're going to, you know, you're going to pass out. You're not even going to be able to give it to your kids. So it's the same thing. Like make sure you take care of you before anybody else. Cause as long as, as long as you're taking care of yourself, you're going to have an outpour of, you know, of love and, and, and everything that you're going to be able to give to everybody else, but make sure that you're helping yourself first. Ooh. Sure. Boom. <laughs> Powerful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Same analogy. Right. <laughs> you're like, and mic drop. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, next question. What is next for Monica Singer? Ooh, I like that question. Um, I, I'm working on a couple of things, actually. Um, one of them, I can't say, but stay tuned because maybe towards, um, I, we were aiming for um, this summer to be up and ready. It's a new, it's a whole new business, but within the same um, real estate industry um, that I'll definitely be reaching out to you about. Um, but, um, so that'll be coming. I can't, I, I can't talk about it just yet. Um, and then also I'm also, I also just joined. Okay. So before all this Corona stuff happened, um, my, I had, um, a crazy, crazy surgery last year, um, that came up out of nowhere. I ended up, uh, rupturing an ovary. Um, I had an ectopic pregnancy. I was internally bleeding and was like really close to, you know, I was on my deathbed, really, really close to um, just like dying. Um, so with that, my husband was like, you know what? I mean, luckily I'm okay now. Everything, everything went great. The surgery went great. And that um, my husband was like, you know what? We really need to get life insurance because we didn't have any life insurance. Um, so we got life insurance and, um, we did it right before this whole, like literally like weeks before we went into quarantine and, um, my life agent called me and she's like, you, you know, you guys are approved, like you guys are good. But that was like a really scary situation that we went through to make us feel like crap. We, we really need it. Cause we didn't have anything. Um, so we got life insurance and at that time the life agent was like, Hey, would you obviously, you know, people who are in the sales business are always trying to recruit. She's like, would you be interested in becoming a life agent? And I was just like, no, you know, I'm good. Like I'm in real estate. Um, but now that we're in this pandemic, I was like, holy crap. Um, my husband had told a few people that we got life insurance right before all of this. And now they're reaching out to him and they're like, Hey, um, like, who's your life agent? Like what, uh, like what <laughs> I need it because you never know. And life insurance, it's not just in case you die. Like if, if you were to also get sick, you're able to pull out, out of that life insurance. So, um, so I reached out maybe like last two weeks ago, I reached out to my life agent. I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take you up on, on that offer. 
Um, and I decided to also get into life insurance so that I can simultaneously, my, my, I still, you know, real estate is my number one, but I feel mm -hmm. like I'm already dealing with people. I'm already talking to people. I'm already helping people. And, um, like this, had I had life insurance back then for my surgery, like I would have been able to pull out money for that. Um, like of my, so I ended up getting like a $2 million life insurance on myself or my, like my husband did now. And like, had I had that life insurance when I had my surgery, I could have pulled out that full 2 million just to like help me for, um, for that surgery. Like it would have been covered, which I think is crazy, but I was like, so that was like an eye opener for like my husband and I, cause he's like, you know, accidents can happen. Like this wasn't yeah. something that was supposed to happen, but it, it did. Um, so we all got life insurance and now his, now that we're going through all the, like this pandemic, like people have been reaching out to him that he like had talked to and said like, Hey, like I, we got life insurance. Um, they're like, well, I want to get life insurance too. So I decided to become a life agent to also provide that to my clients and just people that I know. Um, so that's what, that's, what's next. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Two more questions. We're going to wrap it up. So what is the legacy you want to leave? I want, so I, my legacy is really, um, you know, I just want my kids, my kids live in such a privileged world um, where sometimes I'm like, I know they're spoiled. I know they're really, really spoiled. And I just want my legacy to be like, um, wow, like my, my mom, like, my mom is an entrepreneur. I can be like her or better than my mom. Cause I instill like, I instill. So I try to instill so much in their minds. Um, I just want them to like be proud of me. And when they grow up to know, like my mom worked her ass off for us and to provide for us and to, to make sure that we, never need anything um so it's just i don't know my legacy is just for them to know that i paved this uh paved the way for them to like jump into something entrepreneurial i really 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 want them to own their own businesses so hopefully yeah. hopefully i can instill that because my husband has his businesses I'm, I have mine, I have this one and then one coming on the way that I said, I'll, I'll talk to you about later. Um, and um, I just want, I want that to be the new mindset for them instead of being a worker the way that my parents, you know, yeah. wanted me to be like to, to receive a paycheck. I want them to be entrepreneurial. And, and I have no doubt in my mind that they will because they don't <laughs> learn by listening. They learn by yeah. watching. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I take born. them with me. Like I take my, my oldest one, I'll, I'll take them with me to um, open houses and I'll, you know, he goes to my office with me. I, I have him like doing stuff for me, doing work. And I'm just like, you know, he, he, he fills out little forms and he's like, here, mom, I want to buy you a house. And I'm like, oh, you're so nice. Oh, <laughs> that's so, so sweet. sweet. So I hope like it, that instills in him to, to know like, dang, my mom wanted so much for us and hope that they can, you know, surpass what, the, what their dad and I 
have been doing. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. I love it. All right, one last question. Where can everyone find you? Ooh, um, I am at real, hold on, what is my, <laughs> I know I changed it not that long ago, so I'm like, um, okay, realtor, realtor underscore Monica Singer on Instagram, and then on, what am I on Facebook? <laughs> So, I, I wish I could have the same name for all of them, but um, they're either taken or I can't. Oh, I'm Realtor Monica M on Facebook also. So on Instagram, I'm mainly active on Instagram, Realtor underscore Monica Singer. Um, and yeah, you can find everything on there. All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Monica. I really appreciate you. your Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else you think needs to hear it. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on all the amazing messages. Also, if you would leave me a rating and review, I truly appreciate that. It helps with getting this message out there and it inspires me so much to keep going and giving back to you guys. If you have Instagram, send me a direct message. Let's connect on there. And if you screenshot this episode and tag me at MS Kayla Cardona, I see and read everything. I love resharing your post to my story. Hope you guys got some amazing value and be exceptional. I'll see you in the next episode.